This is the Let's Get Real Estate Show with your host, Danielle Chason. Full-time investor, strategic consultant, motivational coach, sought-after speaker, and host of your number one real estate investing show, Let's Get Real Estate, where real people are doing real estate. Welcome to Let's Get Real Estate Podcast. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to do your voice, Danielle. I don't think I did a really good job. I'm so sorry. So I better just turn it back to you and have you do the introduction. Hey, everybody. Danielle Chason here. Woo, woo. We are with the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. And this is where um, we want to have a little bit of fun while we're learning about real estate. Eric Chang, always, always fun to have on the show. Thank you for coming and thank you for the introduction. I do not sound like that. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> no, you don't. I, I'm trying to and I just practice it, but it didn't go out so well. I, I need to work on that. Maybe that will be a good hook for the next time for me to come back. <laughs> for the next time. You know what we'll do next time? We'll get you to do the, yeah. we'll get you to lip it, like lip sync it. The let's get, since you want to sound like me. And I'll just like, I'll just have to say it like this so that it'll sound like you're me. That's a great idea. Let's do it. We have to do it. So much fun. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks again for jumping on. We got Eric Chang here again. Got him back. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome guest. And uh, again, thanks, Eric, for jumping on. Um, I do know most of our listeners probably known who you are at this point, but I do, you know, um, our viewership is increasing. And so just to for the listeners who may not have gone back and heard the earlier podcasts, can you just give everybody a quick introduction about who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm not going to. You have to start from episode number 001. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, right. if you heard that, you just got to binge, binge listen everything if you want to find out who Eric is. <laughs> Like seriously though, right? Like Danielle only bring on the quality guest. I mean, I guess I, this is how I can prop myself up saying I'm a good quality guest. So you don't want to miss out on every single episode. So go back. If you're listening to this now, right? Go back to the very first episode. And a lot of times, you know, we, we start from later on because I've done podcasts in the past and before. You, the quality gets way better as we increase, you know, the number of episodes that we do because we get natural in what we need to say, right? And the type of guests, the interaction, all of that. However, I really like the earlier on episodes. There's something about just like the rawness, you know, the 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 roughness a little bit. So I encourage you, if you're listening to this, go back to the very first episode. I promise you, I know Danielle, you know, like some of the best guests are on the very early ons. So make sure you don't miss that. But in case you are too lazy, <clears throat> don't want to go there, I'll do a quick intro. So my name is Eric Chang. Uh, I like to have fun, as you can tell. Uh, for me, I think life is all about living. If you don't know how to have fun, you know, I don't know why we're here. So um, I love, you know, the dialogue that we have um, between Danielle and I, because she loves to have fun as well. Um, I've done different businesses in life. Um, there's uh, a marketing company idea, you know, and I've launched a coaching company and, and this whole bunch of other stuff that just comes come out from that because of the, the relationship we have built. Um, and real estate was one of the places that I got into uh, years and years ago because of this need of I need to put my money in somewhere that's secure. Um, I, I've invested in stocks, I invest in other things, and I always have this insecurity when it comes to investments just because of, um, I guess, my marketing background. Anybody that knows marketing, it's always changing. Everything you learn, you know, half of it goes away. So you've got to learn new things. 
So I, I went to the complete opposite of what will be the slowest, the most steady, the most comfortable, secure asset type. You know, other than gold, <laughs> that's probably real estate is probably the next bet for me. Um, so this is why I, I chose real estate for that reason is I want something that's very stable, very comfortable, so I can go have fun building all these other businesses uh, with my marketing skills without feeling like I have to worry about my security, my base. Are you going to do gold? Have you done it yet? Sorry? Have you invested in gold yet? In uh I do. Precious metals? Yeah, you do. Hey, see, how did I know that? Okay, so anybody who hasn't really gotten to know Eric yet, uh, he is a conservative investor. So just to put that out there, um, he is, he works very, very hard for his money. And so he's very cautious about where he's going to put it because he doesn't want to lose it, obviously. Um, and just slowly building up that nest egg. And so I'm not surprised that you're in gold. I didn't know that. But uh, precious metals, of course, will offset, you know, an economic downturn. So I'm, uh, I, you know, I just love your investment strategy. I love that. Um, yeah, well, thanks for the intro and sharing with the audience who you are and what you do. Fantastic. Thank you. Today, I brought you back, Eric, because I really wanted to talk about capital. Um, you know, a lot of people have a hard time getting into capital and they may have a limiting belief over, you know, whether they can or they can't based on how much capital they have or they don't. And so I just wanted to, I, I think there's a limiting belief that, oh, I need 20% down in order to make this happen. And you and I, I mean, we've been in the real estate game for, for quite a while and we kind of know that's not true. And I just wanted for the listeners out there, especially the new people, I just wanted to let them know, like, there are other ways and, you know, you don't have to be spending the next five years of your life listening to podcasts and learning and not taking action because you think you don't have the money. So I just wanted to put it out there so that everybody knows there are ways for you to get into the real estate game today. And so um, I guess the first question, or the question that I want to ask you for a podcast today, Eric, is what do you see the biggest limiting belief or the biggest challenge that people have when they're coming into the real estate game to get into, you know, what's holding them back when it related to capital? Yeah, I love that you, you phrase it as limiting belief, right? Because most people is exactly that. They think of this and they say, I can't do this. And, and this is just the same thing in business, right? In anything, it's like when people see that somebody accomplished something and said, I want that. And then they go try to do it and they hit a wall and then said, oh, I can't, right? And then what really separates people that made it and the people that didn't, it's a simple thing as, am I going to go, find solutions to solve my problem or versus I'm going to just let the problem define me and say, I cannot do this. Right. So it's exactly with that one in mind, in mind when it comes to capital, it is simply a, an idea. It's just something that we see people believed in it and then say, I can't do that. Right. So there's various ways to do that. I mean, the, even the capital itself is a fascinating conversation. There are Lots of investors that were happy to throw money at you if you just know where and how to make that ask. Uh, now, we're not going to go too much into that, right? Because we want to talk a little bit about some other creative ways that people can do to get into real estate early on. So there are such things such as something called VTB, right? Vendor tape back mortgage uh, or the same other term is called seller financing that people can do, right? You can easily find ways to negotiate those type of agreements that allows you to be able to finance your property. Now, for those people that's new to the real estate world that haven't heard about what seller financing or VTB stands for, it really just means that instead of going to the bank 
to get the money to buy the property, you basically go to the seller and say, why don't you become the bank? And think about that, right? How powerful that concept is. We kind of got, especially Canadians, we got to the environment where we start to really program ourselves thinking five big banks, right? This is what we go to. This is where we trust them. Uh, really, banks is just a, a medium, right? It's, it's, it's a conduit to help bring the, the savers that put the money into the bank account to the people that want to borrow, right? And then they make money on the difference. So if you want, once you understand that concept, then for the sellers of the real estate, right? For them, it's no different than if you're going to go get the money from the bank and then pay them the mortgage for the property, or pay them, sorry, for the property, you could actually turn around and have them become the bank and mortgage the property for you. And think about how cool that is, right? There's opportunities to create a really win-win situation, situation or scenario where the seller can get a really good return on the, the capital that they're lending you. On top of that, it allows you to buy a property without figuring out, you know, getting stuck with the financing or even the capital problem. So that is a, one example that you can go, right? Uh, is it okay if I share another example? Please, please do. Yeah, cool. Okay, so another one that's, um, you know, could also do, and I've used this before, is uh, a lease to own, kind of like rent to own type of option, right? So if you find a situation where somebody wants to exit their property, they want to sell their property, um, but they're not, like they're willing to say, hey, I'm happy to hold the property for a few more years for you. Then you can lease it from them, right, with the master lease and allows you to sublet that property out to somewhere else. So the thing that's interesting about real estate is most people think of, I want to own real estate. I want to have real estate. I want to build a portfolio. So most people think of the concept that they have to actually own these properties, now, I'm going to do a myth buster here, right? That majority of people I know that's very, very wealthy, that's very successful in real estate, they don't actually own real estate. So I want to repeat that real quick. They don't own real estate. It's a mind-boggling thing that once I, when I first learned about that, right? But what they do is they control real estate. They have control over them. So once you have control over them, you can receive the profit the same way that you will be owning the property without the needing actual, the actual uh, process to own these properties, right? So the rent to own is a perfect example where you have somebody that still own the property, except this time you get to make money on charging that increase in rent that, you know, that you, you take on, or you can still improve the property, provide the sellers okay with that. And then you can up the rent much higher and make that money on that cash flow, right? And then from that, it allows you to build equity, allows you to build that profit, that cash flow. And then once the property is, you know, say you own it for two, three years, that could be your down payment towards that property. That allows you to buy the property without using a lot of down payment. So that is the kind of thinking that I really encourage the listener to think about is there's so many different ways out there, right? Google creative financing, you know, look up um, or listen to the previous episodes. There's a lot of conversations around creative financing and, I always like to talk about, you know, back in the 70s, right? Like I wasn't born in the 70s or uh, I was born in the 80s. Uh, but back then, interest rate was really high and people were still buying properties. That's why a lot of these creative financing strategies came from the era when people were stuck and didn't know what to do, but they still want to figure out a way to transact real estate. So these things aren't sketchy. 
is only sketchy because of our ignorance, right? So the more knowledge you have, the more it empowers all of us, the more tools that we have in our tool belt to be able to make these deals happen. So I encourage the listener to go listen, like to go find out these strategies out there and just starting to learn how to use them, right? And these are really powerful tools that would completely change your investment career. Wow. You just blew my mind because, I mean, you talked about RTOs, which are rent-to-owns. And, uh, but from a rental standpoint, I wouldn't have thought of doing that because, you know, RTOs um, traditionally are used for, you know, people that are struggling to get the down payment, maybe have bad credit. Uh, maybe don't qualify yet and they're just waiting until maybe it's a new student just got a new job and they don't qualify at the bank. So they're waiting until their pay grade comes up or or until they have some uh, employment stability because the bank, as you know, likes to have like two years of employment income and, uh, you know, just to show that stability. And so they'll do a rent to own for 36 or 48 months. And then that way it gives them time to repair that credit or get that stability in their income. Uh, employment income. And so I, I've never looked at it, though, from a renter point of view, like to as a real estate investor to use RTOs to get rental properties that like you just blew my mind, mind blown. Like that's, that's crazy. Now you have to go back and take another look at this and see how I can maybe potentially build this into my strategy, because I think that you're onto something there. Love that. So even you, so just okay, so for the listeners here, I'm a pretty sophisticated investor. And you know, I'm always, always, always still learning. Like there are so many that like real estate is just so beautiful in that sense that it can be so creative. There's so many different ways to, to do things and pitch. And like you said, back in the eighties, there was a lot of creative strategies back then that actually have been forgotten because back then the rates were high and now they're coming down. They were climbing and then now they're, you know, then they were coming down. So the, the strategies are different based on the environment and the environment is always changing. So we're always coming up with new ideas and and switching it. So I love that. Wow, you just blew my mind, Eric. I mean, there's other stuff in there that you you dropped that's amazing too, but that was uh, pretty mind-blowing to me right there. But yeah, you know, uh, going out there, there's a, there's a lot of people that have limiting beliefs that, you know, everything, it's almost like when you're planning to have a child, it's like, okay, I have to have this and I have to have that and I have, there's never any right time and you're never ready for it. So you just gotta use what you've got and then find what your needs are for the rest and then make it happen. So um, there's a lot of creative ways out there to do that. And um, yeah, so wow, thanks for sharing all of that. Um, I think the solution to those just really having the knowledge, like kudos to all the listeners who are on the, the podcast right now, listening in and going out there and trying to get that knowledge. But I just want to say like the knowledge without implementation isn't going to get you anywhere. You're not going to get successful by knowing everything because you got to do it. And it doesn't matter if it's done at 100%. Um, doing something at 70% is better than doing nothing at 100%. And so, uh, you know, you got to take action at some point. So get out there, network with people, make those connections, uh, find those creative strategies to satisfy, you know, the lack of, of capital that you have. You talked about... Um, Vendor takebacks too, Eric. And um, so, you know, if if the seller doesn't have a whole lot of equity in their property, then there's a belief there, well, it won't work because he doesn't own his house free and clear. 
So I just wanted to offer to the listeners, like if you're looking for that 20% or 30% for that investment property, whatever it is that you need down to qualify, you know, that vendor take back is the perfect, you know, gap that you need in order, because there's going to be some equity in the property. And if that's all you need in order to make the deal happen, maybe you do qualify at the bank, but you don't have the down payment. So use that vendor take back to make it happen. Um, you know, I just, I love how we can be so creative. With this. Please. Yeah, thank you. So one key question, right, to ask, because a lot of times people, like I, I've, I've done some crazy deals where, you know, I bought properties for $5,000 down, right? People are just like, how, like, how did you do that, right? The key question that you need to ask when you are buying the property is ask the seller, what is their plan once they sell the property? Like, what is their plan with the cash that they're going to get, right? If they don't have a plan, Again, I think in earlier episodes, we talked about um, how, you know, being a real estate investor really is about problem solving, right? So if you can figure out a way to solve their pain point, their problem, which is they don't have a plan for their capital, then you can give them a solution, which is vendor take back is one of the solutions you can offer and propose to them by paying them a high interest rate they would have earned if they were to sell the property and put the money in the bank account, right? And majority of people... Um, they really haven't thought that far. They, you know, unless they're selling because they need to get out, right? That's a different story. Um, but if they don't have a plan for it, that is the key thing that you can offer, right? So the key question again is ask them what their plans are once they sell the property. And you'll find out amazing things when people just tell you, it's like, I actually don't have a plan, right? So then you can become that person to offer that help for them. And the brilliant thing about that is that they, they know and they trust real estate. So to reinvest their money into a real estate asset is a really easy sale. So if they don't have another strategy or if they don't have another project and, you know, and, and I've done that. So I've asked that question to some people who are selling and they're like, oh, I'm going to go do a new build over here. I'm going to do, you know, so sometimes they do have plans, but when they don't, then you say, okay, well, you know, what if I could give you X amount of return, you know, six, seven, 8% return if we do a VTB over the next three years, right? And that's just long enough in order to get some equity, hopefully, in order to pay them out in three years, you know, if they want it. At that point, they might not even want it. They might just say, you know what, just leave it for another, let's renew and, you know, and because they still don't have any plans, so where where's the money going, right? So, uh, but they know and they understand real estate and that's the beautiful part of it. Um, so if you can promise them the same return that they would get in the stock market in real estate, they'll choose real estate all day long. Exactly. And one thing to add on top of that is you're not asking them to invest in a complete strange property, right? Something that they don't know. You're asking them to say, I'm just asking you to invest, turn the thing that the, you're gonna, the property you're going to sell it to me and invest back in the exact same property that they know really well. So if they're that confident about their property, right? They, a lot of times they're very open to that because they know the property is a good property. So that's the cool part is it's it's like Daniel said, right? You don't have to like sell them on anything. It's more just this is what's the alternative? What are the what are the solutions here? And it becomes very apparent to a lot of people that why not is kind of the thinking that will go on. That's awesome. So it's really important, you know, it's really important that you um, talk to people, make those connections. Let them know what your needs are, your intention, and uh, just have those conversations really. I know it's really hard for some people out there to have those conversations. 
um, especially when you're new in the real estate industry because you don't really know the lingo or whatever, but it's okay. Go out there and fail. That's where you learn. And it's not actually failing. I just call it learning. Um, people kind of interpret that. And, you know, if you can make that mindset shift and just say, you know, I'm learning real estate and understand that I'm learning real estate and it's not going to be smooth because you're learning it. I think uh, it makes it easier to go out there and have those difficult conversations, but I promise you they get easier every time you do it. Um, so having said that, I, I want to, I, I want to take a minute here for you, Eric, to introduce your hundred dot properties program. It's, um, your passion program, hashtag passion project. I love it because, um, it's all about giving back and, you know, giving back to your colleagues, the new people. So you're helping new people get into the industry. You're holding their hand, teaching them what to do and how to do it so that they can get into um, the millionaire space. So your goal is to create a hundred millionaires, which is an amazing goal. And in turn, you're, you're actually giving back to charity um, by helping them. There's also a profit for you, but you're taking a chunk of that and putting it back into the real estate uh, or sorry, putting it back into charity. And if you want to talk about that and introduce that to the listeners, and then that way, if they want to reach out to you and see if they'd be a, a good candidate for your program, I think it would be a win-win. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Happy to. Uh, so hundred dollar properties, the whole project started during COVID. Uh, it was a solution for me to look for ways to help people, um, to give them something to do that they can, they can build up solutions that they would never thought they imagined that they could have. Right. Uh, it's very interesting when that happened, I saw a lot of people, uh, and, and still, hurts me to the fact that people like, I, I don't know what to do. Right. And I remember it was like, I was hiring a ton of people. It's like, Hey, that's, you know, if you don't know what to do, that's okay. You need a job. Come work for me. Learn how to paint. Everybody can paint a house. It's so simple. Right. And once they learn how to paint, Hey, learn how to do baseboards. Hey, how to learn how to do flooring, like all these basic things. Uh, and I was picking up a lot of people just, they, they weren't employed because they were just sitting waiting for opportunities to come. And I'm one of those people who believe that, you know, if we want to wait for opportunities to come, the opportunities will never be there, right? We need to go create our own opportunities. Uh, so this is a project that I really started to say, let me create these opportunities for everybody and for the right kind of people that believe that they are the one that can make these things happen, that they have the drive, the passion to want to give back and serve, right? This is the type of uh, people that we're looking for. Now, in terms of, um, what we're trying to accomplish, it's, it's a pretty lofty goal, uh, but I do believe it's it's doable, right? We use something called the franchise investing model, where we actually picked a very select market using the same operations and have the same marketing to make sure that we can ensure success. So one thing that, you know, if you look at Tim Hortons, why they're always successful is because they have the operations done, right? So that way everybody's running on the same system. And then the second thing is marketing. And branding, right? So as soon as they open up a new location, people show up. So that's the same thing for us is uh, I believe in solving the critical challenges that real estate investors face, which is capital, raising capital is tough, and then finding deals. So when I look at those problems, really, if you look deeper, it's a marketing problem. If you know how to solve the marketing problems by getting the right kind of people investing in your project, that solves the capital problem. If you build enough of a brand of awareness in the community, then people will send you deals, right? So collectively, as an organization, we really benefit when people start to know that we're the group of people that are actively buying these 
outdated older properties to repair them, renovate them, right? And then rent them out to build our portfolio, which is called the bird process. And that's how we utilize our strategy to build our portfolio. And the idea is to continue to grow this. Uh, we have a mentoring model that we built in within our organization so that each group of people that come in will be mentored by the, the group from previous group, right? So the idea is always pay forward. We want that, that mentality of giving, charitable, serving, because uh, when you give, you get back, right? And when you serve, when you coach people, even though you might not know everything, this helps you learn exactly what are the missing pieces in your knowledge, then I can be the one to step in and coach everybody. Uh, but having that self-awareness is so important because the thing you talked about earlier mentioned multiple times, and I'm sure you know this has been mentioned throughout the entire podcast series, which is mindset, right? The hardest thing, for a successful real estate investor versus somebody that just stuck and with just one or two properties couldn't crack that barrier is mindset. There's nothing else. It's just the mindset sets everybody apart. So I thought it would be really amazing to create a culture of the right mindset to help people go through that transformational experience that was given to me or that was provided to me through the mentors I had in my life. And I remember the pains to go find these people, right? So now I thought it would be really great to create an environment to bring these people in. So for anybody that's willing, that's interested to be a part of this, uh, visit 100100.properties and you get to learn more about what we do. And if this resonates with what you want to accomplish in life, right, or you want to kickstart your real estate investing career, this is a great place to start. And obviously we don't stop there. We'll continue to go. Um, but this is a good place for you to get to know the very first step. And what I love about that, Eric, is that you're taking in people. Okay, so about the mindset, let me let me talk about this for a minute. About the mindset, because you're creating a group culture of a support network for everybody to help everybody else out, then it's so much easier to get over those limiting beliefs, the mindset, the barriers that we have, those those physical those mental barriers that we have. Um and and because you've got other people there supporting you and, and helping you through that. I think what happens a lot of times with mindset is that people try to get through it alone and then they think it's impossible to do because it's really hard to do it when to, to, to break those, through those mental barriers when you're alone. But when you have people with you and you have validation around you that people are doing it with that different mindset, then all of a sudden it's easier to adapt that mindset because you're validated that, hey, it works for them. Maybe it's okay to let go of my limiting belief and step into this uncomfortable space. And so I think it creates a culture really where uh, people can get through that mindset. But the other thing is about creating that group culture that you do is that you're teaching people how to fish. You're bringing them in, you're mentoring them, you're helping them. This is how we do it. But you're not doing it for them. You're doing it with them. And that creates them how to fish. And then you're saying here, now you can give back to others. And you and I both know because we teach as well. We coach and we consult. I, I don't do so much co coaching now, but consulting and, you know, even doing the podcast and doing the multifamily support group and just sharing our knowledge. When you do share the knowledge that you have, it reinforces, you know, your, your knowledge base. And so that just makes you even better and stronger at what you do. So by creating a culture of teaching them to fish and then getting them to teach others how to fish, you're really going to create a whole bunch of successful real estate investors. And I'm really excited to see where this is going to go. Uh, I don't think it's going to stop at 100. I hope you get to, you know, 200 millionaires and beyond. Um, I really think that you, yeah, I, but I mean, if you just keep 
you know, rolling it. I, I think you can. I think you will. And I know you will. Um, so I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Um, especially having that, you know, especially having that uh, franchise thing, you know, I mean, if you if people know that, hey, I just need to call 100 properties and they'll buy my house. You're 100% right. I mean, you're going to be the go to guy. So I might have to change my business model a little bit. <laughs> I might have to buy one of those franchises. Welcome to help you. <laughs> I don't want to get left behind. Um, but, you know, I, I just want to say thank you for sharing everything you shared about the VTB, about, you know, the, the VTB seller take back kind of option and uh, the RTO. Mind blown about the RTO thing, really, because I just always had it, you know, for for people who can't break into the home ownership space. Um, but, hey, landlords can tap into that into that creative strategy as well. Love that. And so I just want to say thank you for coming on again, dropping that bomb and uh, for that wonderful intro <laughs> and then mimicking me. I think I might have to go I, back and test my voice. I don't know. <laughs> but um, Eric, always a pleasure to have you on to the listeners. Thank you for listening and staying with us till the end. You guys are so awesome and committed to this. I just don't even know how to thank you all for your support. And, uh, and Eric, thanks again for coming on to everyone. Have a brilliant day to the next one. Bye for now. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast and congratulations on improving your education real estate. Please leave a review only if you felt we provided value as it would really help us if you would leave a five-star review so that we can help reach a broader audience. And don't forget to comment what you enjoyed and tell us what you are looking to learn more about. As always, thanks for your support and we'll see you on the next episode.